0: Yo, what's good, everybody? It is me, your hero Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me this week because we are down a member is my co-host, my boy, my Padre. Terrific T, Double O T, Travy Boy the Second. What is good, Trav? How you doing today, man?
1: Bro, what I'm gonna need you to start doing is working out that pinky so you can get that pinky a furry, fury pinky no
0: hey, that, that was awesome that was awesome <laughs> that was hey. well me and J- hey, james was just like bro you need to do something with the pinky like because of this movie now like i was marking out when she was like yeah I, pinky I,
1: I couldn't think of anything else except for if only that pinky was golden
0: uh-huh. and we are talking about the movie everything everywhere all at once make sure that you go out to the theaters and see it if uh you know if you're comfortable going out to the theaters if not when it does come out digitally, make sure that you watch it because it is a really good film. And if you love The Matrix and Kung Fu Hustle, you'll love this film. But yeah, like I said, we're down to member this week. Uh, you know, every year, D, he goes off into space or sometimes mm-hmm. he goes underwater, depending on, uh, you know, what he needs to do. You know, D is somebody, you know, he always protects the earth from uh, whether it's land, sea, air. And, uh, you know, I feel like, I feel like we all do our things, but we got to protect the Earth. But, uh, you know, D, he does it every year. So he's not joining us this week. But uh, me and Trav, we're holding down the fort. And we have a very special guest for today's episode. You know, she's an awesome person. She's, uh, you know, she does improv. She does theater. Trav, you got to hit me with the stone quote. What? Well, yeah, Uh, okay. uh, You know, she does improv. What? She does theater. What? She does voice acting what she's a consultant what and that is retina so make sure that uh you stick around for this entire episode because it is going to be fire as your boy Mm -hmm. Trav always says and Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into today's interview make sure that you subscribe and you rate us on apple Podcasts because that really helps us up and it helps us keep climbing the ladder and all that other good stuff and uh here's a word from our sponsors
1: Ink Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia, for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today.
2: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me.
1: You Absolutely. are welcome.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Shout out to Brittany Cox because, you know, she's a friend of the podcast. And, Aww, you know, we slid love everybody Everybody loves Brittany and we love Brittany, too. So thank you so much, Brittany, for helping us out. And uh, of course, as everybody can see, we're uh, a man down. Uh, D, he's mm-hmm. uh, in space again. It's like every year he goes to space to save the universe from oh, the God. ultimate destruction. So Wait,
2: wait, wait. Is D like a Green Lantern? Uh, kind Are we not allowed to know this? Should I? Right.
0: I mean, it's just like we don't talk about Bruno. We don't okay, talk okay. about what D right, <laughs> right.
2: Move along real quick. Okay, that's on. fine. Anyway, so thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Hey, you're welcome. And and just to let you know, D, he's a huge Genshin Impact fan. So we're going to talk about that when we get, you know, later on in the interview. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and get into this interview. So Retina, again, thank you so much for joining us. Something that I always ask all of our guests up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who you are.
2: uh, My origin story. So I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm a happy little Midwestern girl and I come from immigrant parents. So, you know, have all of the expectations (laughs) that that comes with. And I like to tell people that I was a good little Asian girl until I wasn't. And that means... I did all the things. I went to school, I studied, I got good enough grades. Um, Not Asian parent good grades, but good enough. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, uh, went to college, studied, you know, practical things. And uh, I had a career in corporate America. And, you know, one day I had kind of checked all of those boxes and I, I looked down the hallway at the corner office and, you know, who was occupying the the director of the VP office. And I was like, man, I like my job. I'm good at my job, but I don't know if I want their job. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge reckoning moment for me. So if I don't want their job and yeah. I've worked all of this time for that job, what do I want? And it kept like the, there was a little voice inside um, that just kept nagging me that it was performing and acting. And um, that was the thing I would wanted to do when I was, 17 when I was a teenager and kind of tamped down on that because I had expectations. And so they were, you know, I, I followed my parents' dreams and then I was like, okay, well, what are my dreams? My dreams are to be an actor. And I was fortunate. I was now fast forward living in, in Los Angeles and working in my corporate job. And in my hobby life, somebody who was a good friend of mine you know, one day we're just casually chatting and he goes, you know, I work, I also work in corporate America. I have this steady nine to five job, but you know what I really want to do? And I said, what? And he said, voiceover. And it was like all of the light bulbs went off in my brain at the same time. And that just, that just started the whole ball rolling. So we would talk, I would get really fascinated by what he was doing. And finally he was like, just, stop asking me questions, just shut up and take a class already. So I did. <clears throat> I took a class. And then that became like two classes. And then that became classes every night of the week after work. So then it was, you know, voiceover and acting and improv and singing and um, anything I could do to just build my craft. until I was able to make demos and build a very rudimentary website and, you know, get my, get the word out there that this was a thing that I wanted to do. And I was fortunate that I, I got agents and that begat, you know, auditions and opportunities and I started booking. And then, um, about 10 years ago now, I had the opportunity to leave corporate life for good, um, and do this pretty much full-time. And so that is that is my villain-slash-hero origin story, hey, depending on what day of the week you catch me. <laughs> you I
1: love that. This
0: is the second time that we've had a guest up here, you know, give a a hero-slash-villain origin mm-hmm. story. You know, and it, it's never like, hey, I'm an anti-hero. It's, uh, you know, I'm a hero or a villain. And I love how you put that spin on it at the end where you say, it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> No, but, hey, that was an amazing origin story. And, like, there is so much stuff that you said that I want to piggyback off of. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff that you said, you know, doing theater, improv, you Mm -hmm. know, getting into voice acting, leaving, you know, the corporate world behind to do the thing that you love. It's like you have, like, uh, a lot of tools in the toolbox. And I think that that's always awesome when it comes to, you know, you know, the things that you want to do in life. And I feel like with improv, just like with doing stand up comedy, that goes into voice acting. Same thing with theater. You know, mm-hmm. Trav, he's our theater guy. And, you know, Trav, I want to pass the ball to you because I know that you love always asking the uh, theater questions. So go ahead and ask your theater questions, bro. Well,
1: before I get into the theater question, I want to piggyback off of the corporate situation because I know, you know, you do offer consulting. Mm -hmm. as
2: part of your service so is consulting like the stuff you were doing before or I worked I was working for a company so I was working you know steady paycheck getting paid twice a month the whole thing you know nine to five job um I started consulting when I left corporate life you know when I left the nine to five it was just sort of a a thing that I could do that was an offshoot of the analytical side of my brain Right. Um, and so, you know, it's there for people if they need it. And if not, you know, I do the other things. But um, I consider myself a storyteller first and foremost. And, right. and what feeds my soul and usually what feeds my stomach is also acting. I love, I love that. And I saw um, some of the
1: theater pictures and like, did you grow up a theater fan or? I loved theater.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up, um, I loved musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up watching like Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals right. with with my dad and my mom. And we grew up, um, so in Detroit, we're about a five hour drive from Toronto and equal distance to Chicago. And so whenever we could, um, I would beg them to get tickets to like a theater in Toronto and we would go see musicals over there. Um, or in Chicago, or, or even in Detroit, when the tours would come through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I loved theater. I loved everything about it. So, um, you know, when I would, I'd have my little library card, and I would take out all of the different CDs oh, and I remember
0: those days, DVDs,
2: and uh-huh. yep. and I would watch them all. This is like my poor parents; they were probably so sick of me watching and listening to stuff on a loop. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just what—that's how it was. I mean, that's like, how
2: it was
0: if there was a book or a movie or something that you really enjoyed, I remember my mom, she used to get mad when I used to check out the same stuff all the Mm -hmm, time. I'm just Mm like, mom, I love this. I mean, Trav gets on me all the time when I always talk about watching the same anime over and over, because I mean, if I really love something, I'm just going to continue to keep doing
2: it. Right. But then you discover something new every time, right?
0: Exactly. Just like whenever I watch, uh, well, when I was watching Encanto, and it's like, I was always discovering something new. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I still love Encanto, but it's like, my love has went over to turning red now. And Oh my God, I that was like so good. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. And you know, one of the things that I wanted to piggyback and ask you, because you was talking about growing up and mm-hmm. you know how your parents, they wanted this from you. They wanted that. And one of the things that I loved about turning red was the representation for Asians in that movie. Mm-hmm. And like something that Domi Shi was talking about was when she was coming up, it was like her parents, like, they were on her about, like, having good grades and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, following in their footsteps and whatnot. And I just love how you see in this movie her telling her story where it's just like, hey, like, I understand that you guys want me to do this, but at the same time, it's like, I'm a little kid and I Mm want to have fun. So, you know, the stuff that you were saying, like, it just made me think about the movie turning red. So I wanted to ask you... Uh, you know, did you see Turning Red?
2: I did. A couple mm-hmm. of times, actually.
0: Hey, so are you a four-townie? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, we, hey, Is that even a sing- question? we be singing the songs up here sometimes. Do. It's like, so hold on. Will you sing with us if we start singing?
2: I, well, I don't know the harmonies, but I, I can sing a little bit of it. I only know the, I don't got nobody. Uh, like,
0: I n- like you. I, man, I can't think of the lyrics right now. I know, I right? I nobody like you. <laughs> I have friends <laughs> and I <laughs> have, <laughs> <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> buddies. It's true. But they don't turn my tummy the way you do. I, I love that line. <laughs> nobody <laughs> like you. Trav, hit the part.
1: Bro, I don't know. I don't know that one. This I know guy. the other. I know the other song, bro. <laughs> I, <laughs> I picked know. the wrong one. Bro, <laughs> this
0: is just like Jason Mars and all over again, man. Oh no.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, but I mean, like when you watched that movie, like did you, you know, see any similarities to when you were coming up?
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. I I feel like every kid who grew up in that era, like you know, every Asian kid anyway, probably identifies in some part with with Meme or even with Priya. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I was probably more of a Priya but I definitely had Meme tendencies. So, mm-hmm. um you know, I was all in my books. I I'm wearing my contacts now but my glasses are like coke bottle thick. Um <laughs> you know, what <laughs>
1: like to do around here.
2: Right? And uh but that idea of like parental expectation and you know, you need to be very accomplished and get all these things ready so that you can go to a good university and you can graduate and have a nice steady job. Because, you know, when your parents sacrifice everything and leave a country and everything they ever knew with, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever money they had in their pocket, they took a huge risk. And they don't, like, even though they did that, they don't want that for you. Right. And it took me, I think, until I was an adult to realize, like, Oh wait, I'm not supposed to follow that example. Like what I learned from you is that it's okay to like try things, you know, to take that risk, to go to a new country, to go and you know, try it, try something that is scary and yeah. see, you know, if it works or not. And if not, you now have the resilience that you can go back and and try go back to the the day job or you know, go back to school and then qualify to do something that will get you a day job. Um, but to me it was it was very much. There, like, you know, you're not going to Harvard or Yale? What's wrong with you? Right.
0: Now what's crazy is um, I don't know if you've seen this movie but it's like, you know, in Turning Red we see how Mei Mei's family is. It's like, you know, they're running the temple and whatnot and uh, their family is very successful. Mm-hmm. But then in this movie that I recently just watched called uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once.
2: <gasps> oh, that's on my list of things to watch. Mm. It is, it years, is a
0: though, really good movie but it's the opposite of Turning Red though. Mm-hmm. And It's more for adults, of course, and when you just see the main characters, because I don't want to spoil it for, you know, the listeners and viewers, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a really good movie, but it's the the complete opposite of Turning Red. Tribe, would you agree with that?
1: Uh, To an extent, it still has a lot of the same themes, but Mm. as far as, you know, what the family's going through, uh, you know, it's a little bit different than... Turning red, you know the daughter's kind of grown already. Versus turning red, where she's coming of age,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, but they explore a lot of the same themes, and it's really sugar coated and all this multiverse stuff to get you yeah. into what the movie's really about. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. the message behind the movie, and it was my favorite movie of the year so far. It took Batman mm-hmm. as my number one. Wow. So far Dang. Yeah. Yeah,
0: wow. I mean, it's a good movie if. If I could uh, compare it to anything, it's a mixture of The Matrix and uh, Kung Fu Hustle in a way. Oh, my it's God. That, I
2: loved yeah. Kung Fu Hustle.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu. Oh, it's a classic. It has the Kung
1: Fu Hustle comedy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it has
0: the Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. And okay. It's, I it's can It's like see you that. wouldn't expect that, you know, and... When it comes to A twenty four films, I mm-hmm. really don't like watching trailers because I always feel like when you watch the movie, it's always a surprise. So mm-hmm. when I was watching it, I was like, "Man, yo, I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer for this because it was such an amazing movie." So I highly recommend it. I, you know, I wish that I had four hands so that way I could give it four pinkies up. But <laughs> I, I can only give it two, but um, but yeah. So something else I wanted to, you know, since we're talking about all this, you know, you're seeing so much representation. When Mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, Asian Americans and, you know, just people of color in general. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask you, like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like just seeing it everywhere now, because, you know, growing up, it's like you really didn't see that much of it, you know?
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. So I guess what I want to say is, gosh, darn it, it's about damn time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, part of what kept me out of the arts for so long is because I just didn't see people who looked like me, you know? And if I, if I did, I would have to pick the one that was kind of the sort of closest to me. Oh, she was brunette, you know, the Disney princess who was brunette or, um, you know, they're, they're Asian, but you know, they're, they're playing a stereotype. I'm like, so they look like me, but now you're telling me all I can play is somebody who just came off the boat, you know, or like a prostitute or, you know, the, the goofy sidekick. And, you know, I'm none of those,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So what I love about what we're seeing now is it's not just about them being Asian for Asian's sake or being, you know, brown for being brown's sake. It's about being human and having a story, a lived experience from the lens of having been raised in that culture. Right. Right. But it's a human story. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. And I love that answer. You know, I was just telling one of my friends, going back to Turning Red, Mm -hmm. how I love that, you know, you have representation with the different girls in the movie and how, you know, coming up, you would always watch shows or movies and like you would have a group of guys mm-hmm. and then you had that one girl that was just there for the girls who watched that show. Right. Kind of like how you were just saying. It's just like, oh, uh, like it's the sidekick or... Yeah, they're like you know, the token
2: like, female. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right? And it's
0: like, uh, I guess I got to be this girl or, you know, stuff like that. Whereas now, like you're just seeing like all of these interesting characters Absolutely. when it comes to people of color, which is what I love. And I really love that Especially going back to the Disney stuff that they're doing, this like you can see people that look like you. Um, in the movie Soul, there's this <laughs> one guy, and like he looks just like me, right? And I remember, and Trav, <laughs> Trav got so mad. I
1: did not get mad, bro. Trav, Trav was hated.
0: Trav was hated. Look, I posted on social media. I was just like, I just want to thank Pixar for you know coming to me and wanting to use my likenesses <laughs> in the
2: movie.
0: And I posted this picture, and everybody was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they really put you in the movie!" And like, yeah, I thought that that was you. Like, and Trav was just like, "These people are idiots."
1: <laughs> what it is is this man's such a trickster, and people continuously Ooh. fall for it. So that's what makes me just go like, oh, "How are they falling <laughs> for this guy? This man cries
2: wolf all the time, and they that's still are looking for the wolf. Oh no, wolf coming." So should I be worried that you're going to prank me at any point during this conversation? No, 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 no,
0: because <laughs> you're, you're cool. You're cool. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to do that. But I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say, I mean, similar to how you do improv, I feel like it's the way that you talk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will tell me that it's like I could be telling a lie, but it's like I'm talking just like this, so it sounds so believable. you like, how he admits yeah, that he's so a liar? I'm
1: See not that? a
0: liar, but I mean, I look. I I tell people this all the time and I don't really love revealing my secrets, secrets. but whenever I'm telling a lie, you can tell somewhere like, I mean, well, you can't tell, but there is something in that story that I'll throw in there that makes you think like, huh? Like that that doesn't (laughs) even sound believable at all. So I'm glad that we're right here now because I want to ask you. Like, what made you want to get into improv? I mean, I, you know, growing up watching uh, Wild and Out, I mm-hmm. always thought the improv up there was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. So, like, what was what was it that made you want to get into improv?
2: Um, So, a, a couple of reasons. One, you know, when I was in high school taking theater, improv was sort of the game they would use to warm us up. And I always loved it. I always had fun playing, like, freeze tag and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started... Taking voiceover classes, you know, they encouraged us to work on our craft from a lot of different angles, and improv always came up. And so I knew that at some point I was going to go take a class or, like, you know, study comedy and just understand like timing and storytelling and all of that stuff. But I happened to um, go to school with a guy who he and his wife started an improv theater in Mm -hmm. Santa Monica, California. And so it was sort of like two birds with one stone. Like I knew I was going to take improv classes and then they happened to have this school and I could support their business. And I'm, I'm right. kind of a, a proponent of, you know, small businesses and supporting your friends' businesses when they have, you know, when they have them and, and just, you know, supporting entrepreneurship in general because what we do as creative people is a business. It's entrepreneurship, um, and so it was awesome because they had this fledgling school, and I was taking classes, and I was loving it. And then that school eventually grew and grew and grew, and now um, they they were bought by another group of comedians, and now they are um, the Westside Comedy Theater. And so it started off as the Westside Eclectic, and then it became the Westside Comedy Theater. And now they've been in business for thirteen years, and I've I've wow. been part of them you know, almost since the beginning. Um, but I like, I started off as improv, like just like anything, like I'm just going to take a class and learn the things. And then for me, I don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. I, this is my drug. Hey. Comedy is my drug.
0: Hey, Pinky's <laughs> hey, hey, up for that, man. I don't, do, <laughs> I don't do drugs either, man. You know you what know, I mean? I, I have it's a, a cocktail,
2: But like, I just, exactly. I, ch- I choose not to. And so, but my drug is comedy. I love it.
0: Who's your favorite comedian?
2: Oh gosh. Uh, it depends on the day. Honestly, mm. I love Mike Berbiglia's Birbiglia. Mike storytelling. It's so good. It's so, it's just spot on. It's so good. And the so way good. he talks too, like it adds to it, mm-hmm. like the voice behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. And there's a, a Canadian, she's, I think she's British Canadian comic. I think her name is Catherine Ryan. I might be misquoting. So, you know, um, but she has a couple of specials on Netflix and I, I think her comedy is really fun um cuz she talks about being sort of cross cultural and she has a kid who is she is she's being raised in in great britain so she's basically an english kid and so there's that like dichotomy of being basically the immigrant mom mm-hmm. of a native kid and like all of the conflict <laughs> that comes with that right um so yeah there's there's a few comedians i have like a whole thread on netflix of comedy yeah. specials but i also love john oliver's comedy mm-hmm. and trevor noah and how people can take real events and serious ones and you know they're still they're still factually correct but they are hilariously delivered right
0: yeah i think uh trevor noah was a good choice to replace john stewart he's I mean, doing I just, an
2: excellent job yeah he's
0: doing phenomenal and like you said i mean like he'll just be talking and like the stuff that he's saying he's using like it's kind of like how I was just saying earlier how like I'll be telling a story and there's something in it where it's like a lie so that you'll know like Trevor mm-hmm. Noah he'll be telling a story but there's comedy in it. I, mm-hmm. it and like that's one of the things that I love about him um i wanted to ask you um i, I mean not ask you but um i was going to bring up because we've interviewed a couple of uh, improv Voice actors before we interviewed uh, Alex May and we interviewed uh, Ethan Gallardo. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's cool that we've had the opportunity to interview voice actors who do improv and then like you're still doing it because I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where you're constantly always learning and Mm -hmm. then you can bring that stuff over into. You know, whether you're acting on screen or if you're acting behind the mic, I think that that plays a big part, like I mentioned earlier.
2: Yeah. Improv is a great skill to have. And so is is stand up comedy, you know, depending on what angle you take it from. And back to our earlier question, I forgot to add Amber Ruffin is killing it out there. Um, I don't know if you guys watch her, but she has like a late night talk show and I love her her monologues on on cable. Uh, I think she's on Peacock uh okay. don't oh, okay. don't quote me but she she'll post her stuff on like tiktok or instagram and i'll i'll catch them there and man she is spot on she's smart Looking she's right funny now. um she has she's had a couple of uh really excellent monologues during this pandemic time that are just like mm-hmm. they they catch you in the feels um in all the right ways um but back to the improv thing so you know when i was When I talk to people who work in corporate America or, you know, who are not actors and not performers, I always say, like, if you can only afford one class, take an improv class um, because it's a skill that you use everywhere. Right. Um, And Mm -hmm. the thing that I love about improv is um, when we were born, nobody gave us a script. I wish I had one. It would be awesome. Right. But because we don't have a script, we're constantly making things up on the fly. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so improv is just putting conscious thought around how we make stuff up on the fly. And so it's so great for like, if you work in an office environment, if you give presentations all the time, you know, if you're just trying to like sell through your ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're actually in sales or you're in marketing or you're in engineering um, and you're trying to get people to buy into your ideas. And then, you know, as an actor, it's so great because writers create these incredible worlds for us and and yep. give us these wonderful things to say. But sometimes as an actor, you also feel like, oh, okay, I know this character. I know who she is. I feel like this is something she might do or say. And so you can add like a little laugh or a little, you know, a little something or put a little button on, on a thought that is still perfectly in line with the character. Right. But mm. also builds on and, and adds to what has already been created. And, you know, it's up to the directors and engineers and stuff, the editors, if they're going to use it or not, but at least it's there and you, you're able to to add and to collaborate.
0: Yeah. You know, to piggyback off of that, I feel like, um I mean, what we do is kind of like improv because a lot of times people, they always <laughs> ask us um ahead of time, like, well, what questions are you guys mm-hmm. going to ask? And we're just like, Hey, for real, we just wing it and we always do a really good job. And, uh, I think that, uh, that's a natural talent that we have. And then plus, you know, Trav, I'm about to say it. I'm a professional wrestler and (laughs) I'm one of those type of wrestlers where it's like, I don't like to go off a script or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like if they give me a microphone, like, I'm just going to say what I need to say and the people, they always believe me when I say what I say Mm -hmm. and, I feel like it's, uh, you know, improv goes into that. I, I wish that I, maybe I should get into improv. I mean, I've done stand-up comedy before and I just love the fact that you're a character. You know, somebody in the crowd says, mm-hmm. hey, I want you to be this character. And then it's just like, you have to think on the fly of what you're going to say, what you're going to do. And you have to make everybody in the audience believe what you're saying because Absolutely. if you don't, then you lose them. And then oh. it's just like you gotta start back over from the drawing board. And mm-hmm. I always feel like that uh I would never wanna be in a wrestling ring, cutting a promo. And then the people in the crowd are just like, I don't believe anything this guy is saying. Right. They're se- giving you the I've stink
2: se- face. Yeah, <laughs> I- I've
0: seen I've seen pe- that happen to people where it's just like they're just talking on the mic. And, just, and I'm just sitting, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there in the back. I'm just like, what is this guy talking
2: about? Right. See, and it's clear though, you two have a really good rapport. So, you know, it comes across on screen and we're and, the best you know, you. of buddies. There you go.
0: How would it sound?
2: And then it makes it fun, and it's fun to just kind of collaborate and build on the on the points that were said. There's been a lot of piggybacking here.
0: Hey, <laughs> where's Hey, where's uh, um? We the need. Couch the, I'm day. telling
2: you, we need the Pee Wee Herman. That,
1: I was just gonna day. say that. Yeah, that's uh, what I was saying.
0: Like we don't have the couch or or no helicopters
1: flying or it. anything. We need an upgrade. Where's, where, an where's upgrade. the cowboy at? <laughs> One thing I do want to go back on is um, I don't know if you've seen. Um, What's the show with Ronnie Chang we've been? A Scissor 7. Uh,
0: uh Scissor 7. So.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh my Ooh, God, it's so good. But Ronnie Chang does the main
2: guy. Have Have you seen his stand-up? I've seen, he had one special like last year. I think he has a new one out right now. He has a new one out now. Yes. And
1: he's one of my favorite comedians out right now. He is so hilarious. But every a lot of stuff he talks about is like Asian tropes and mm-hmm. just you know, coming over here from Malaysia, yep. and being in America, and then, you know, doing Crazy Rich Asians and our careers taking off and stuff like that. So, uh, definitely check out his new special because it is insanely hilarious. He's oh just such I'm gonna a funny have to put dude. that in
2: my queue because he's he's definitely one that I enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I I mean, because he was in uh Shang Chi as well. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was going to be he in was that. He's the club and- owner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then that's another movie. It's it's one of those things where it's just like I saw the trailer. I, like I said, I don't watch the trailer for everything, but I watched the trailer for that. And I was just like, all right, like this looks dope. I mean, because mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, coming up, we had a lot of martial arts films and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like um, what's the word I'm looking for? It kind of got old after a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that makes any sense. And they kind of died me. out. But like, it's cool. Well, what were you about to say, Tryon?
1: I, I no, I was saying not to me. I just I love kung fu movies. I hate calling them I mean, kung fu it. movies, but what's it called? I like love martial arts. Yeah, I love yeah. martial arts movies. You know, I love Jackie Chan and Jet Li. Of course, and, oh sure. my god, they were for sure, sure. <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan. Ja- Jackie Chan five.
1: was supposed to be in um everything, everywhere, all at once. He oh, was. Really? They couldn't. They couldn't get him to do it.
0: Uh, he would have been perfect for that. Uh, he
1: it was just too much I guess he was just playing the character I don't want to give too much away it was just too much he was like I'm good you know mm-hmm. I'm 80 some saying. years old I'm good
2: I mean you know? the man is probably still doing his own stunts exactly
1: uh-huh. <laughs> that was one of and see
0: I used to love like after watching his films and like they would show all the bloopers, the, uh, oh, the bloopers oh my God. and him doing his stunts exactly. and everything yes. and I, I don't know. I mean, one of my favorite bloopers was uh, Rush Hour 2 when uh, the guy fell off of the building and mm-hmm. Chris Rock was, not Chris Rock, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. he was just like, damn, he ain't going to be a Rush Hour 3. Like, that was like, I don't know why I love that. As my
1: kid. favorite blooper from that was when they're at the casino, Jackie Chan has this crazy stunt where the lady that does the cash, you know, it's like a cage type thing mm-hmm. with this little hole. Yeah. And he runs up and he swoops right through it, and, and one of the bloopers, his leg hit the thing, so, like, half his body oh, went no. through. But mm. the fact that he could do that stuff is just insane. And, he, and I think they said he broke, like, 90 bones throughout his whole career.
2: I, mm. that would not be surprised. You know, it's just...
0: That's, yeah, that's... Hey, I mean, the man, he can still, I'm, I'm sure he can still go. Like, they saying that Rush Hour 4 is still coming, and... <laughs> And when it comes, I'm going to be excited. Hey, Lethal Weapon 5 is supposed to be coming out, too. So I'm all hyped for that. But now I want to get back to, you know, asking some voice acting questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to ask you, like, how was it when you got your first voice acting gig? Like, how was the feeling? Were you Mm -hmm. nervous? Were you just like, hey, I got this. I'm ready to go. Like, let's talk about that.
2: Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, Okay. First voice acting gig. So the first like professional gig I remember getting was for uh, an online demo. It was like for like a startup um, mm. that had to do with dentistry. Um, <laughs> I, you, you know, you got to start somewhere. Um, uh, exactly. But it, it's so exciting, I think, especially when you're first beginning to get that very first paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a proof of concept, like, oh, I've done all of this work, I've been studying really hard, and now I book this thing and and now like it's like, oh, I'm real, I'm a professional now. Um, and so that was like the moment that I felt like I had turned pro. Um, and then you know, after that, shortly after that, I booked a commercial and I got to go into a studio and, you know, record it. This is, of course, this is in the pre-pandemic times when we used to people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went into a studio and I got to record behind the glass and, you know, there's director on the other side and the whole thing. And so I got the whole experience of what I had been experiencing in class, but as a professional. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it when the commercial finally aired, it was like a montage of voices. So mine was mixed in with a bunch of other voices. So I'm just like listening. I'm like, where's, yeah. where's my voice? Where's my, oh, there she is. Like, it was exciting. Um, so, you know, and I still get that feeling about that, those first gigs, because to me that, that's when I turned pro, right. That, that was that feeling of like, oh, okay, this is a thing that I could do. I can do, I am doing it. Um, and you know, you just, you always have that in the back of your head of like, yeah. oh, that feeling, like you don't want to let go of that because um, I feel like if you forget that feeling of like of joy and discovery, um, you stop learning. Absolutely, I one
0: hundred percent agree with you on that. I mean, hundred
2: percent
1: agree.
0: I feel like because uh, I mean, it's something that we always say about with wrestling. It's just like it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's always something new that you can mm-hmm. learn by going to practice or. You know, just being at a show like yeah and like that's that's one of the cool things about wrestling on the Indies because you can try and experiment like with different moves at different companies and whatnot, see if it works there, like see if it got a reaction, and then if it didn't get a reaction, then you can just cut it out of your arsenal, mm-hmm. and I just think that uh I mean, it's the same thing with voice acting it's uh it's a revolving door, like you're always constantly learning new stuff, it may be something small that you are not doing. And it's something uh, that you had mentioned earlier where, uh, because I was taking voice acting classes with uh, Matthew David Rudd. You know, I always give him a shout out. Make sure that you go and uh, watch or listen to his episode. And, you know, one of the things that he was telling me, because when it comes to using that exclamation mark, and sometimes it's just like, you have to be loud with it. Sometimes it's just like, you have to be louder with it because you don't know, what that exclamation mark is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just love like going to his class and, you know, always learning something new. And it, it can be something tiny, but it's just like, dang, like that small bit of information goes mm-hmm. a long way. And then um, also too, we interviewed uh, Ken Forey. Mm-hmm. And one of the pieces of advice that he had gave me was, uh you know, whenever you read a book or when you read in general, just always read aloud. So that way it's just like you're practicing and then when you do get behind the mic and you're recording, it's like because you're constantly reading aloud and whatnot, it's, you're going to be better when you yeah. do the, yourself. I'm sorry. It's for very much: No, so you're long. great.
2: It's, it's about Thank building you. that muscle memory mm-hmm. um, and practicing. and you know, you said it really well. Every time you practice, you kind of work on a different skill, And then later on, you've, you've incorporated all of that into your muscle memory.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
2: then you can kind of pull, you know, pick and choose. What works well in that moment, and it might work, you know, differently in a different moment with a different opponent. But mm-hmm. you you kind of pick and choose, and all we're doing is is building our arsenal.
0: Exactly. Uh huh. So I have another question, but I wanted to pass the ball to Trav before I ask this one. So Trav, go ahead. All right.
1: I just want to make one comment on the subject we were just talking about. I think that anybody in the arts field, what like doesn't matter what you're doing, everybody like respects. The other part, like you get painters, you know, digital drawers, you know, wrestlers. I'm a mix engineer, voice Mm -hmm. actors, regular actors, like on camera, whatever it is. Like you have like your little circle of the specific field, but like everybody in the arts respects everybody's like grind because it's so hard and so tedious. No matter if you work and you have to make the money on your own for a living, You respect everybody who does it because you know it's a daily grind of Mm -hmm. getting up. and. That
2: is the game recognizes game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How am I going to make my money today? Right. You know, and that your skill set is complementary to mine, not in opposition to. Right. You know, we're all all building the same piece of art together.
0: Mm -hmm. So the question, oh, Travia, you didn't ask. No, no, you you can go on. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so I was just going to bring up because it's like you've done voice acting work in video games and then you've done some voice acting work in anime and then live action series. So I wanted to ask you, which one is the easiest and which one is the hardest?
2: Ooh, that depends on the day. Um, <laughs> I love how it
0: always depends on the day. <laughs> I, I, because I it's that.
2: true, right? Um I feel like, I don't know if it's easier or harder. I think every project has its challenges and it has its things that you just love about it. And it just, it really depends from project to project. And it doesn't matter if it's anime or if it's dubbing or if it's um, a video game or even if it's a commercial. Um, Every different, like, sub-genre every project. They all have their little dynamics. They have different people who are involved and different clients that you need to um, make happy and appease. some days are just easier than others because the words just flow off the tongue and you you get to have fun and the people on the other side of the glass are, are right there with you. They're tracking with you and we're all having a good time and it's like a party. Um, sometimes, you know, people are pressed and they're stressed and, you know, they they don't like what they're hearing the first time or the first three times or the first 32 times and you just have to be okay. All right. I'm going to be here until we have 47 takes in the can. Um You know, and so what it's really about is just um, mindset and like, and just, you know, leaning on all that training that we were just talking about, Um, you know, leaning on all your training, leaning on all that muscle memory, and then having that mindset to be like, okay, you know, we we didn't get this take. My mouth just decided it did not want to say those words. We're going to take a second, reset ourselves, go do it again. You know, no apologies, no feeling bad about it. We're just, we're professionals here. We're just going to do the things. Um, you know, and sometimes it's just like you're working so well and so fun and so fast that you look at the clock and you're like, "Wait, we're done? Mm-hmm. I could go for I like four that. more hours." Um, you know, it, it just it depends. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I hate to sound wishy-washy, but that's the truth.
0: Uh no, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's the same thing. Like whenever I go to wrestling practice, and then he's just like, "Huh? What? We we're already done?" Or even like just I'll be at the gym for like three to four hours sometimes and people are just like, how can you be there that long? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I didn't even know that you're
2: in your flow. You're in the zone. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm just listening to four town and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm being, I'm being no, serious. Being like, serious? I, yeah. like I'm like, whenever four town starts playing on my playlist, like I start singing and dancing at the gym. I, love it. I don't, I don't care who sees me or whatnot. I mean, any anyway, I mean, I run the gym that I go to anyway. And uh, Trav, I didn't tell you this, but um, <laughs> I want to say it was the other day I was working out and some dude, he had stopped me in my tracks and he was just like, hey, man, do you mind helping me with my form and, and making sure that I'm doing it right? And I was like, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, I always see you in here. And it's just like, I've been wanting to ask you for advice because it's like, you're always in here and like, you look like you know what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is just me thinking, I'm just like, I really need to become a personal trainer because it's just like, I do know what I'm doing and I run this gym. So
2: Absolutely.
0: I I totally get where you're coming from. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is because this was an anime that came out on Netflix. I want to say it was last year and it was Tressé. Yeah. And... I really enjoyed it. We did a review for it. And oh, yay. I want to say that review, like it, it got high numbers when we did it on YouTube. I always feel like, you know, the stuff that may not be mainstream, like those always do really well because people just like oh, wow, like I'm surprised somebody did a review for that. And, you know, I think it's awesome that you were on that show. And, you know, earlier we were just talking about the representation and everything. So I, how was it working on that show?
2: Oh, man. You know, that was a project that, like, I didn't ex—I didn't have any expectations going in. I didn't know what it was. Um, but I remember when I got the auditions and all of the characters were Filipino, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool. I don't know what this is, but it's, <laughs> like, there are Filipinos. There are people who look like me and sound like me or, you know, sound like my parents or my Lola or, you know, and and that they're Filipino specifically and not— nope. Chinese people who are played by Filipinos or, you know, Vietnamese folks who happen to be played by Filipinos. Like, they're Filipino. Mm-hmm. It's their experience. And then, you know, when I booked the gig and we got in the room and, um, you know, it is it was produced by Jay Oliva and... Um, Love Jay uh, Olivia. He's so Oliva. good. He's, he's so, so good. good. And, you know, and the, the content comes from Bujet Tan and he's a Filipino, mm-hmm. you know, graphic artist. And it's about supernatural stories that Filipino kids grow up hearing. It's, it's our version of the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very cool just to be a part of that project, even, you know, in the part that I had, like, they're not huge roles or anything, but I am super proud to have been a part of it because it's part of this big thing of, like, these are Filipino stories. Mm-hmm. I get to be a part of this, and it's, it was the first... Let me see if I say this right. It was the first Filipino anime for Netflix that was produced outside, like specifically for a global audience, not just yep. for the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, no, you're right on that. So I, yeah, I need to be accurate with those facts.
0: <laughs> hey, like, hey, that's what we're here for. I remember because um, people were talking about it on Facebook and mm-hmm. like how you had just said, it was like one of the first of its kind. So that was something that really made me want to watch it. And I was disappointed that it was only six episodes and mm-hmm. i need i need to get a season two because I, it, yep. it was so good it's so and, good and, and they set know, up a
2: cliffhanger you know, exactly
0: and then it's just like i didn't know that it was based off of a comic and mm-hmm. it's like you know i want to check this out i want to learn more about these characters and whatnot because like you said it's a supernatural show and if you love like super i mean because it, it kind of uh had a uh, you know elements from the supernatural tv show you know totally and yeah, if you love supernatural, then you'll love this show. It's yeah. just more more it's like a darker version boring.
2: of Buffy. That mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> too. That too. Yeah. So no, I think it's awesome that you got to be a part of that. And even it doesn't matter how big or small the role is. It's just being a part of something. It was just
2: yeah. right. I mean, yeah. it was such a huge honor to be invited to play in this and to work with, you know, at least tertiarily, because we all recorded separately, right. um, so many amazing actors. Mm-hmm. you know, some of whom I know and admire and some of whom I just admire from afar. Um, and then, you know, I got to play the young version of the twins. And then I recently got to meet Griffin, who is, who are the Kumball. And nice. so I was like, hey, I'm a little you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's, that's always awesome. Uh, I, I know we had um, somebody up here before who played a younger version of somebody and like they had like the same experience where it's just like they met the uh, older Version of that person, yeah. and it's just like yeah, like I, I voiced you, and, and now I want to ask you because you know I, I had asked Stephanie Sutherland this when we had interviewed her, mm-hmm. and you know she also had just, a
2: phenomenal human. Oh, oh for sure, yeah, and super, I owe her breadsticks. I owe cool.
0: everybody. I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to owe you breadsticks <laughs> too. I owe everybody breadsticks, but um, you know, you guys have been going to conventions, and like now we can you know jump into the Genshin Impact talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how has it been, you know, just going to these conventions and, you know, seeing how big this fandom is because Genshin Impact is it's a huge fandom, a huge game. I was just uh, interviewing a cosplayer the other day and they were just talking about one of the things they love about Genshin is how the world is always expanding. Yeah. And, you know, they love they love this game. So, like, how is it, you know, experiencing the fandom online and then meeting them at person at these cons?
2: Um, it's a great question. I, so because Yaimiko just came out, um, and she came out during the pandemic, um, I really haven't had the chance to go to cons and like experience the fandom that way. I did get to peek in a little bit at, um, like anime Los Angeles and I just wandered around the floor at WonderCon. but it's not, you know, it's a different experience. What I will say is when, I was finally able to announce the character. The welcome was so warm and effusive. It was almost like, whoa, like thank you. Where did you all come from? <laughs> um, I and I I knew about the fandom and I knew about the game because Stephanie and many friends of mine, um, Brittany, are all characters. They, they have established characters in the game. And for me, it's celebratory because I'm just like, oh, my God, another friend is in this game. This is amazing. And so I've just been happy to cheer along my friends and to see, you know, them get to go and visit with fans and go see things and do things and also just to be these really cool characters because that's, that's the stuff. Um, and so... When I was able to announce Yamiko, you know, the fandom, just bless. They're just so lovely and, uh, you know, have been so warm and welcoming. I just posted something today. I, I checked my Instagram. I hadn't looked at it in a while. And I checked the little tagged pictures area. Mm-hmm. And there was just floods of fan art and cosplays that I had been tagged in. I just hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... If you're watching this and you're wondering why I haven't responded to your Instagram tag, it's because I didn't see it until today. So please forgive me. <laughs> I will get there. Um, and get to just gush and and fangirl over your work. Um, because there's just some amazing fan art, there's amazing cosplay, there's so many people who are paying such incredible attention to detail. I don't know where you where you get it, because I I'm like something, you know, a bell rings somewhere and I'm like, ooh, something shiny. <laughs> Um, so I, I am just, I'm super excited. And then, you know, now that the world has started to open back up, I'm hopeful that I'll get to do a little bit of traveling and, and go, go to some cons and, and visit with people and, and get to meet the fans up close and personal and, You know, if we can't hug, at least we can sort of high five, fist bump, you know, elbow bump. I I don't know what we're doing right now. I miss the elbow.
1: (laughs) Bring 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 the elbow. The
2: (laughs) The, the awkward elbow bump, like, hey, dude, Uh what's up?
0: (laughs) No, I think that that's going to be awesome. I mean, because it's like when you go to these cons and then, you know, you have so many people waiting in line just to meet you and tell you that I love your character. I love your voice. uh, You know, I mentioned this before, how growing up, you would hear a voice actor and uh, anime. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, you're hearing that voice. Like, it could motivate you. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something, uh, My Hero Academia, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- when I first started my fitness journey, it's like I was going to the gym and whatnot, but then, like, watching My Hero Academia and then hearing uh, Deku and the voice actor who voices him, Justin. And I was just like, man, like, just hearing him speak it's very motivating and it's inspiring so it's like when you go to your convention and like you have this long line of people and like you're going to hear like all this awesome stuff from these fans they're going to have the fan art they're going to it's you're going to see cosplayers dressed you know a character that you're voicing it's going to be an awesome moment
2: i mean i i can't wait i can't wait to meet everybody in person like peopling again is just like mind blowing um you know and I don't take any of this for granted because I I know what a, a wonderful privilege this is. So I'm just super grateful, and you know I love Yamiko as a character. She's been so much fun um, to get to know over these past months, and I don't know years, um, you know, since since I I first got to meet her. Um, and so I've I've been really excited to to hear how people would react because when they released her, they didn't announce the voice actors. Yeah. And so she's just been hanging out in the periphery for a while. <laughs> and then it, it was a lot of fun to just kind of like occasionally I'd like see comments or, you know, people would speculate. And I'm like, OK, all right, just cool. And then they, they, they got to do the announcement and I went, oh, OK, cool. I get to say things now. I can I can talk. <laughs>
0: hey, those NDAs, you got it. You know you gotta- what? They are to
2: be respected.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know I'm um, like I've seen stuff on Twitter before where it's like somebody they may watch a trailer and they, they'll hear a voice um, like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure mm-hmm. uh, Stone Ocean. When it when it was announced, the trailer came out and Kira Buckland, who voices Jolene, it's like she didn't announce that, you know, she voiced Jolene. But I remember Trav, he had told me he was just like, yeah, man. It's like it's it's her, you know, but you can't say anything because nope. you don't want to get in trouble. And mm-hmm. I just think it's awesome when you can recognize a voice, and it's just like, yo, like that's so awesome because we had just interviewed her, and oh, one of the
2: questions, right before, yeah, and
0: one of the questions that I had asked her was that she's a huge. I don't know if you've ever met her. Or I met you know her a couple she- times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh she she's a huge JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yeah, fan. She, I mean, she was. She's done voiceover work in the series before, and I had asked her. You know, like, what would it mean to you if you could voice Jolene? And, you know, she talked about it. And then when she finally could announce, like, I was so happy for her. Because that's just one of those things where it's just like, I got into voice acting. So one day I yep. can voice this character. Yeah. And now I'm doing it. So I want to ask you. I was oh, so ahead.
2: stoked for her.
0: <laughs> it's, it's an awesome feeling. So I want to ask you, like, is there an anime or cartoon, something that is currently out now or something that you grew up watching and you hope one day gets, uh, not something you grew up watching, but, oh yeah, it could be something you grew up watching and it gets uh, a revival or something like that. Is there a character that you've mm. always wanted to voice? And uh, let me Ooh. know who that might be. I. This is a hard question too.
2: It's a great question though. I. So they did a reboot of the Animaniacs. I think if I ever got the call to do anything, like Garbage Can Number 2... <laughs> You know, Pigeon 47, I don't care. I would jump at it. I love that show. That was one of the shows that kind of, you know, pointed me towards voiceover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I grew up like, you know, I was raised by a television and my parents. Um, so I watched a lot of the old school Looney Tunes and you know, Mel Blanc and June Foray were like, that was like the mother and father of voiceover to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and then they did all of those like Steven Spielberg Amblin cartoons right, in the nineties yeah. and the animaniacs all of them were like, so good. Oh, they're so good. And so when they did the reboot, I was just like, Oh God, please. If I ever.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: well you're speaking into existence right now though. I yeah. mean, like you just, you never know what's going to happen. And like, that's one of the cool things about voice acting is that the sky is the limit. Really? Absolutely. I mean, like, you just never know. And, and, like, you, you have an agent and whatnot, and if the opportunity comes, it's kind of like um, uh, one of our good friends of the podcast, Reness Rivera, uh, you know, he was in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when he had got that call, that it was just like, hey, they want to use you. Like, he didn't believe it at first. He was just like, are you being for real? And <laughs> we were so happy when we saw Renes on the show because – it's like he's a growing actor and I can't wait to meet him, too. I'm, I'm supposed to be I'm going to New York to see Beetlejuice on Broadway. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be meeting a bunch of actors that we interviewed, a bunch of voice actors. They're probably going to jump me because I owe everybody sticks though. I mean, <laughs> you like, just, uh, just
2: go post up in an olive garden and <laughs> that, keep exactly. them coming. <laughs> exactly.
0: Because it's like, you know. When you're here on leveling up with Benjamin Banks and I haven't said this line in a while, your family. So it's just mm-hmm. like that's why I owe everybody bread sticks. I love but, it. Uh, but Trav, I, I wanted to pass the ball to you because it's oh, like you know you me. sure. Sure. yeah, I, sure I can I I can keep going on, but go ahead, well, Trav.
1: I got a couple piggybacks, but first I want to say before we get too far away from the Genshin Impact, was we had heard from someone, I can't remember who it was, but the director had said that they don't choose the voice actors the character does because everybody talks about how perfect the voices are for the Mm. character like when Mm -hmm. you imagine what the character would sound like when you see the picture it's it's that you know what i mean so i think that's what gives that franchise this like special feeling and fan base was there's just something special about it, the way it's just being created and processed and... That's a great way to put chosen. it. Yeah.
2: That's a great way to put it. I just saw uh, Jenny Yokobori, and she's mm-hmm. the voice of Yoimiya. Yep. And, you know, I think it's amazing. First of all, when I heard her as Yoimiya, I was like, oh, yeah, there's nobody else that could play this. And then she said, at one point, she had play- She had not played. She had been a pyrotechnician. Right. Mm. That's crazy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's nobody else who could have played this role. Um, you know, but it's, I think that's wonderful, uh, mm-hmm. that he said that because I, th- it, I think it's true. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to speak for myself, but I know listening to my friends in their roles, I just think they're perfect.
1: Um, and something else I wanted to bring up earlier, you know, talk about, you know, being in the studio versus, you know, with the pandemic, have you been back to the studio yet or now?
2: Um, here and there, you know, there was a, a, a small minute when mm-hmm. we all tried to reopen the world. This was, I think before. Somewhere between Delta and Omicron. I I don't know. Name a Greek letter. We were somewhere One of there. those
1: Transformers.
2: Right? Um, <laughs> You know, Michael Bay sequel number what? Uh, yeah. So um, we were going back into studio here and there. Um, and so I would do as much as I can in studio. And then, you know, I'm fortunate that I have this set up here in my house. So I can work from home as well. Um, but I, I would just say we're like most people these days. We're in a hybrid work situation. Right. Some I want to bring up and not
1: to get like too emotional or inspirational or anything like that. But how long do you think it kind of took for you like when you were working with somebody for them to point out things that they quote unquote didn't like that you were doing and to separate it from taking it personal to trying Mm -hmm. to get the best out of you? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with and probably something that people struggle with early into their career, not even just voice acting, but Mm -hmm. I know like when I work with singers or like rappers or something and Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's not it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get real down on themselves, you know, and was that something that you struggled with or?
2: Mm, Yes and no. And here's why I'll say that. I think when I worked in corporate life, I really disliked getting feedback and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have very corporate ways of doing it, you know, 360 degrees, all these crazy surveys, they ask all of your coworkers to talk about you behind your back. And then they tell you, you know, what they said to your face. Right. Um, and sometimes it was hard to hear that feedback. And it it took me a while, I think, to, to not take it personally, like to decide, like some of this stuff has merit and I, right. I definitely need to work on it. And then some of this stuff is just garbage. It's opinion. Um, and so I, I can't use this. Um, and then when I started taking acting classes, um, a teacher I had very early on said about the audition process that it is about selection and not rejection. And so if you think about it all in that way, people are trying to choose so that we can all do a job and be done with the job and move on to the next job. They're not, it's not a personal thing. They're not trying to like kick you while you're down or make you feel terrible or whatever. Um, it's just about getting the job done in that moment of time that we have. And so I feel like it was easier for me not to take the feedback to heart. Right. Um, there were definitely times when, you know, somebody would give me feedback and I'd be on like take after take after take. And I just wasn't feel like I, feeling like I was getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have that moment of, oh my God, I'm going to get fired um, or mm-hmm. I'm never going to work again, you know? Um, and then you have to go back and like, okay, wait, 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 take a breath, Whew. you know, reset yourself, remind yourself, like back to that earlier discussion, Your training, you rise or level, you, you rise or fall to the level of your training. So I have to go back to my training and trust that I have trained enough that this thing is going to be whatever it's going to be. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I will, you know, I will take the notes that I need to take and whatever I'm not getting, either it's not going to be useful for this or, you know, maybe they're gonna, it's going to cause them to make another choice. But in any of those cases, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. But I will know that I have brought my full self to the table. I have done everything that I can possibly do to make this copy do what it needs to do. And then I can open the door to this booth and leave and feel like i left it all on the mic yeah
1: because i think as like human beings most of us at least i'm i know there is some people that don't care i think we really care about being liked like i'll openly admit when somebody Mm -hmm. like doesn't like me it really bothers me even though i act like it don't like it really upsets me yeah so no i
2: get that um
1: yeah i just think it's just one of those things it's kind of like it's just you're not that person's cup of tea you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. like for me, you Ben Affleck. Yeah, dude, Ben Affleck's one of my favorite actors, and he might be one of the most hated actors of all time. They're, you know, um, there was a few years where people really were dogging Nicolas Cage, if y'all remembered. Oh, I remember you know, that. He was yeah. doing yeah. a lot of straight, and now he's so beloved again. You know, so yeah. sometimes Everybody, has their, yeah, everybody has their yeah. season. Yeah, everybody has their season. Yep. I like that. And I just um,
0: know, you know, something that I like to tell myself whenever there's somebody that may not like me or something, I just don't take it personal mm-hmm. because at the end to. of the day, you know, like Rentner just said, it's, you know, you're not always going to be somebody's cup of tea and you just got to keep it moving. It's like, you can't sit there and dwell on somebody not liking you because you could do everything in your power to make this person like mm-hmm. you and. It's just like, you'll be trying all, all the time. And it's just like, yeah, I don't care. They don't care.
2: Yeah. And you know, the lesson is like, you know, and this took a long time for me to learn. It's not that it's not about me per se. And that, you know, all I can do is bring my best to the table and then everything else is how I react to the situation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So if I'm trying really hard to please you and like, make you like me and it's just not working and I'm like, why, you know, if I, if I take that to heart, like that's just going to do me a world of hurt for a long time. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know,
2: it, and that, that doesn't serve me. And then I cannot serve, you know, my other clients or, you know, my friends or my family because I'm right. too busy worrying that I, I hurt this one person who probably left and did not care afterwards. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and
0: you know, I I, I don't want to, you know, oh, I'm going to go into it, but we don't really talk about relationship advice up here and stuff like that. I mean, we did have one episode where we talked about it. Oh, but right. anyway, um, you know, I've just always told people it's just like, you know, if if you break up with somebody or somebody breaks up with you, you can't sit there and dwell over that person because it's like that person has already moved on with their life and you know, you just sitting here dwelling over it while it may be hard. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to continue to move on, too, because mm-hmm. it's just like you can grow from that. You can learn from that. And I always feel that, you know, the people who have always gone through bad situations, they always have the best comeback stories. And uh, you just got to keep on pushing forward. You got to keep on going.
2: It, just like Nemo, you keep on swimming. Exactly. I'm right. sorry, was yeah. that Dory?
0: Uh, yeah, that was Dory, yeah. I mean, like, what I always just say go beyond plus Ultra. That's what I always
1: That's say. That's what he always <laughs> says, you know? That's so. what I always
0: say. Try do you have any more questions? Uh, I only not, got two more. Okay, uh,
1: not really a question, just something I want to bring up. So I'm like, what I really love about animation is um, how emotional they get. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just a sucker for it, you know? And a lot of the... Japanese animation movies are really like their emotional stories mm-hmm. being told and when you were in words bubble up like soda pop me and our other co-host d you know we really really enjoy that movie I love stuff like that and um what I, I don't know what you would really call this like coming of age type of it was so slice sweet. of life it's yeah. just such a sweet movie and super emotional yeah you're gonna cry watching it and how how was it like getting on projects like that where there's like a real emotional investment into oh, the story? Man.
2: I mean, that's an actor's dream, right? Just to be able to like sink your teeth into something that's like emotionally needy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just a very small piece in their puzzle. I'm, you know, so I'm just there to help kind of further the story. But when I saw the full piece, it's just, it's very sweet. It's like you said, it's like coming of age, like kind of teenage relationship, you know, in that sort of way that we're all awkward and shy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like there's something for, for everybody to just kind of um, to connect to, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think one of the best parts about like any project like that is when you get to just tell a story, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and really just sink into that truth and be able to communicate it, you know, whether it's, um, Supernatural horror, or a teenage love story, or you know something in between.
0: <laughs> no, I one hundred percent agree with you on that. One
2: hundred percent
0: agree. I all, I one hundred percent agree with everybody on. Well, not everybody. But, not everybody. <laughs>
1: but when he agrees, it's hundred percent.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's a. <laughs> it's, it's not because you never want to say fifty percent because fifty percent right. is only half. You always my man say don't half ask nothing. Exactly. I, I want it full. So, you know, the next question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, when you're not acting, what are some of the hobbies that you enjoy doing?
2: Oh, man. Um, some of them are like before time hobbies. So I I used to be a marathon runner. I'm retired wow. now, um, but I still like to, you know, go for a jog and like be outside and active, um, you know, and I I love dancing. So my initial kind of performing life thing was dancing, um, you know, salsa dancing and tango dancing and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what I do. And nowadays, uh, I'm home hanging out with the puppy and just kind of doing my thing. Um, I love to read, you know, so I've gotten, because puppy and I do our little walks together now. So I have my little book on tape and my little audible, audible. and then we, we take our, our time walking down. That's right. That's right. We go on a little adventure, and then what do you, you like know. to read? Um. So I'm a nerd. Okay. In case know. that wasn't We're clear, <laughs> um, I'm I'm a nerd in a lot of realms. So I I tend to read a lot of nonfiction. Um. I really like learning about how we think and how we behave and I love learning about business and how people create their businesses and how they fail mm. at their business, um, and what they do to come back from failure. Um, so I read things like right now I'm reading, um, a rereading, uh, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, who was the head of Pixar. Oh, and okay. so it's, it's basically his sort of business memoir, um, about how they built Pixar up from nothing um, it was basically an offshoot of Lucas Films, and um, how that. they they grew it into what it is now. And he sort of breaks down what he thinks are the the key pieces that encourage creativity in teams. Um, so, like I said, nerd. Oh, yeah. um, no, that, like no, that's interesting. That.
0: An I never knew that.
2: Yeah, I it's never, a it's a great read. Um, highly recommended if you're into that kind of thing. Um, you know, and as an actor, like. I talk about mindset a lot, especially when I'm teaching. And so there's a book by Carol Dweck called Mindset, and it gets taught a lot, you know, to like psychology students and stuff. Like I said, giant nerd. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I was into that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I tend to read. So I, I actually look to my friends who read fiction to to cleanse my palate. And I'm like, I'm, I'm reading too many brainy things, like cerebral things. I need to like disappear yeah. Into a world, and so they'll give me their recommendations, and I I love that because then I will read genres that I don't normally touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, um, and so it, it's great because then you just start to like connect all of the dots.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it it's a giant universe. I, I mean, I agree with you on that, and uh, I just think that it's always interesting. I mean, because you know, whether it's reading a book or watching a TV show or watching a movie. It's like when you get recommended something that's out of your normal realm of what you watch or read. It's like you're always surprised, and mm-hmm. kind of like how Trav was saying earlier about uh, worlds bubble up like soda pop. That's still a movie that I need to see. But I, you know, when it comes to like those sad anime movies, man, it's like they always get me. Um, there was one that I had watched on Netflix called A Silent Voice. Oh and my
2: god, that's a oh I haven't dricker. seen that one yet.
1: <laughs> get <laughs> <laughs> the tissues.
0: Yeah, get it's, the tissue tissue, tissue. <laughs> because it's it's really sad. It's, and I'm just like this is anime. I'm gonna, gonna an have anime? to save that
2: for a day when I need an ugly cry. It's a yeah, hard yeah. watch. <laughs> it
0: is a hard watch. It's, it's like it's you're not
2: one you're gonna
1: watch again. Any like exactly soon uh, yeah, after watching yeah. it.
0: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's a sad movie. It's a messed up movie, and it's one of those movies you only watch one time. Like you don't watch that just because of how emotional it is, and you know, it's you know, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but yeah, watch it and then. Uh, I'll slide in the DMs one day and I'll be like, hey, (laughs) did you ever watch it? And and he's like,
2: yes! Right. Mm -hmm. Mascara (laughs) um, running. (laughs) uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh. So, um, you know, now we're here at the end of the interview. Uh, Trav, did you have any more questions before we wrap it up?
1: No, no questions. Just um, if you're also looking for another tearjerker, the fallout on HBO Max, Jenna Ortega is in it. It was a film festival movie from twenty twenty one It came out twenty twenty two about nice. a group of people dealing with their PTSD from surviving a school shooting. Oh, it man. is a brutal. It is a very, very good movie, but a one
2: time watch. I will not be watching that movie again anytime man. soon. It I feel like grounded. we need to like also add things that make us joyful because otherwise we're we're all gonna leave this interview mm-hmm. depressed. Yeah. I speak for myself uh-huh. when I say that, but not because of you guys. Cause sad movies.
0: <laughs> no, I I totally understand. I'm trying to think of a joyful movie. Uh, Remember the Titan. <laughs> Remember- that oh, that's a great <laughs> one. Yeah. That, so, so, hey, I feel like it, I just
2: watched
1: so much horror movies. I don't know how joyful they make me joyful, but you know. I love
2: that. I you know yeah. th- there is no judgment on what causes joy. If it oh, makes you true. happy, it makes you happy. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. I know. I, and. You know, to piggyback off of what Trav just said, if D was here right now, he always finishes the interview asking yes, his uh, famous two questions. And starting off with the first one, what is uh, something that scared you when you were younger? Horror movie, sound, music, something like that. This is always an interesting question because you're always surprised with what the guest says. But uh, what is something that scared you when you were younger, or still scares you to this day? For me, it's water bugs. So
2: water bugs um (laughs) i don't like bugs in general um that's why i like failed at animal crossing um (laughs) so okay what scared me when i was younger there's a scene in one of the indiana jones i can't remember which where they go into this like cave and there's fire and like people's faces are melting i -hmm.
0: know what you're about to say uh
2: and i can't watch that scene and even now like you know, we have modern CGI. There's probably lots more photoreal ways to make it look like really gory. Right. Yeah. But that was nightmare fuel for me. Still can't watch it.
1: <laughs> I
0: know exactly what scene you're I talking I, about. I I was just,
2: ain't that Temple I, Doom? I think yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: Where uh-huh, with the uh with the kid yep. and uh the heart and all I was just uh, I remember being a kid seeing that scene and I was just like like, is this real? Like, yeah. What's going on? I remember know, just I mean, thinking
1: how awesome it was. And here, you know, see, for you, guy. it just traumatized <laughs> you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tra-
0: that traumatized me in, um, in the first Ghostbusters movie when it's like they're in the library and then oh, the yeah, ghost library awesome. and she keeps on saying Shh, uh-huh. And then they get up on her and then like she turns into a monster. I remember yes! watching it with my granddad. And he just laughed at me because of how scared I was. Because how scared you were. Yeah, because how scared I was, but it's like it took a long time for me to finally just say, "Okay, I can watch this scene." But mm-hmm. whenever I would watch Ghostbusters. I there were certain scenes I was just fast forward because mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah. "I'm not trying to be scared." Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. But I, but I can do it now. I'm good to go. He now.
1: can do it now.
2: <laughs> Very proud of you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I I really appreciate that. So now the second question that V always asks, what is one of your favorite 80s or 90s movies. Right? If you want to, you can uh Ooh. tell me both.
2: 80s or 90s movies. Gosh, there's like a bunch, but I don't know if I'm gonna get the right like time period. So basically anything Disney. Okay. That that was like I would watch that in loops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King, all of those just yeah, they they all have my heart. Um Hmm. Huh. 16 Candles. Yeah.
1: Mm. Good one. Okay. John like Hughes. Okay. The John
2: Hughes, all of those awkward teenager, mm-hmm. angsty, romantic comedies.
1: Yeah. Breakfast Club is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a good one. Yeah. I always would like get grossed out when Ali Sheedy would do this. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh huh. I mean, you know, you bringing up 16 Candles, it just takes me back to when I was a kid and. You know, TBS on Friday nights, they would show those John Hughes movies.
2: Didn't they do, like, a dinner and a movie kind of a deal? Like, they had these hosts that tried to make uh it with a date? That was
1: FX did the dinner and a movie. No, 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 no. No,
0: TBS did it, too. Yeah, bro. FX used to do one too. I'm definitely sure. FX
1: used to do it with the guy from Say What Karaoke. Oh, nice. Mm. I cannot remember his name. If you remember the host the Say What Karaoke. I do not remember. And it was another girl.
0: I just know like a lot of channels were trying to do that because even Comedy Central, like mm-hmm. they did one too where um I remember it was like uh the first one I saw was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But it's oh, like that's you know, a
2: good one. That's a good
0: movie. And if, if D was here right now, like I watched that movie with him because he was when it came out, he was just talking about like how good of a movie it was. And I'm so mad. What was the guy like whatever happened to uh Russell Brand? Like I, it was just in death on the
2: nile
1: oh for real Oh, i haven't seen yeah. that yet
2: oh, it keeps really popping good. up on my streaming thing like oh really good this? yeah you got to yeah. see
1: the first one though uh murder on the orient express
2: oh okay um, i didn't know they were related
1: yeah yeah it's a detective movie on like it de- uh-huh. he's so he's kind of like sherlock holmes
2: got it got it you know
1: but yeah i'll, um, yeah, I'll
0: check that out yeah russell
1: brand I, also has like an online talk show too, okay he does
0: because I feel like you know, back in what two thousand nine, yeah, two thousand ten. Get him to the Greek
1: and yeah, mm-hmm. get
0: him to the Greek. Yeah, like he was like this huge star, and then you know he's just like the Avatar man. Well, what in happens? Way. What
1: happens is a lot. <laughs> he of He ended up guys, in a brick of ice. <laughs> they realize that they don't like Hollywood, so then they mm. choop, they exit like just like the guy from How I Met Your Mother, Jason
0: Sudeikis. No, not Jason no. Uh I know who you're talking about. I'm mad. I can't. But after that
1: show, and he was like, "Dude, I'm set for life. I'm out of here." He peaced out. I did not know that. Yeah, Yeah. and he he uh, moved to some like small town. And I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. a lot
0: of people. Jason Segal. Yeah, Jason. Jason Segal. Segal. Yeah. 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 Um, Related to uh, your boy uh, Steven Segal.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I lo- true, love saying. you, man. slap at the base uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, he he was another one, man. He was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall too.
2: Yeah, that's I true feel right. like
0: one uh, of those uh, those Judd Apatow films. Yeah, where mm-hmm. it's just like you saw like the same recurring people yeah. in the yeah. Like, he he has like
2: a look. He always it's like Pixar movies. They uh-huh. always have like a few of yeah. the same recurring cast. Well, he would, mm-hmm. he's been
1: with Judd since he was a kid because he was yeah. on Freaks and Geeks. Freaks oh, and Geeks. Oh man, Geek, that was yeah. a great
2: show. Yeah,
1: such a good show.
0: We had some classics back yeah. then. And but, Jud- uh, hey,
1: there you go. Judd Apatow's got a new movie called The Bubble on Netflix. I thought it was hilarious. It's not getting the best reviews, but I found it absolutely hilarious. And you should watch it. So it's on my it. list. I, feel- I did
0: add it to my list because your, uh, uh, your boy, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, is in it. Oh, it's and stacked. Was
2: just... It's, oh, so, yeah, it's stacked. stacked. He's With so it? good.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. But yeah, so now we're here at the end of the interview. And right now, I just want to let you know you were awesome. Thank you Absolutely so much for awesome. us up here. You know, Aww. like I said, you're awesome. And I owe you some breadsticks whenever I, I see it. you.
2: I love it. Thank you for having me, Benjamin and Travis. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. D, we missed you. We missed you, D. You and your He's secret stuff. He's somewhere in space. Somewhere He's talking in space? to the moon.
0: <laughs> and he got Bruno Mars up there. I, I was the
2: just thinking that. <laughs>
0: That's, it's a good song. It is a really good... I don't know what it is about that song, but it's like, it's, st- I mean, I, I know that, uh, it made a resurgence yep. on TikTok because it somebody totally s- did somebody sampled it and like, it's like a club beat now, but mm-hmm. it's like, whenever you hear the original song, I, like, I remember I was on the phone with D one day and I was in my truck and like, all of a sudden, like the car next to me, just, it started playing and I was talking to him and he was like, thanks. Is everything all right? I was just like, yo. Like somebody in the car next to me, they're listening to Talking to the Moon. And he was just like, Oh, what's that? And I was like, ah, this guy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, D, I love you, man. But yeah, so retina, before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at.
2: Um, you can find me at Voice of Retna on pretty much all the socials. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, all of the things. Sometimes I lurk on Twitch. Um, and other than that, you know, hanging out with you guys. So thank you for having oh, me. Right this here. has been so much fun. Absolutely.
0: What a odd. See, if you D can't was here, I'd be like, yeah, you D was here to- I would say guys this time. Yeah, if D was here, I would say guys.
2: But because D, has,
0: look, man, Ooh. hey, D, he missed a good one. But at the same time, he's up there in space you know, rebel. And we're
1: able to do this because he's up there, you know what exactly. I
0: mean? Exactly. So. You know, y'all need to thank D yeah, because if it, if it wasn't for D, it's just like the earth would be gone right now. So thank you everybody for listening to this brand new episode. Retina was super awesome. Make sure that you go and follow all of her social media accounts. Show her some love, show her some support. If you see her at a con, let her know, hey, I listened to your interview on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And you were awesome up there, Redna! and uh, yeah, I just want I just want to let you know that you're awesome. So uh, with that being said, Trav, before I say uh, before you say your social media, I'll go ahead and plug D. Y'all make sure that y'all follow Rebellious D at Rebellious underscore underscore D twenty three. I Trav, no, I no, no, no at me.
1: Instagram. Dot Come. com Come There
0: you go I, 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 I At least I said the, the tag right You said Tran. the tag
1: right this time <laughs> I, I said the tag
0: right like, uh, But Go this. to let them know where they can find you
1: at. That's right I am also at the Instagram At ZK Audio Where I'm also on the Twitter At T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K Where you can find me on Letterbox At the same name Ranking and rating my daily movie watches And my man is here He's got a batman shirt on he's ready to rock going on find my man banks
0: hey bro i just had to look in the corner to make sure uh that the real batman wasn't coming to get me man because hey, you hey, hey it's funny y'all uh retina had mentioned limewire earlier I'm, hey i'm surprised batman didn't show up because you know the lights go off and then he comes walking out of that corner but If you do need a hero that's not gonna come walking out of the corner and scaring you for uh, dear life, you can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks at KingBenji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you again for listening to this new episode. Make sure that you follow all the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Subscribe to us on YouTube at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We are so close to being at 1,000 subscribers. So, yo, if y'all are listening to this, head over there subscribe to us. So that way that you can watch Retina's interview and see us make all these awesome faces and right. laugh and smile and uh, just have a good time. Also... If you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us on Patreon, we have a Patreon that is at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to our patrons who donate to us because you really help us out, and you know you're helping us when we uh, travel to these cons this year. So keep that pinky up, stay positive, uh, remember to do something nice today that's going to make you happy, or if you see somebody out and about, just say hi to them, and I hope that you have a nice day. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace.